Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 27th of June 2020. And the title of this episode is Are You Still a Geek? It's been a rough week. In recent podcasts, I find myself talking about global pandemics and Black Lives Matter. I know some gaming sites take a no-politics stance, but I think that's a political stance. This week, widespread Me Too allegations have swept through the comic book and gaming communities. If that's an uncomfortable topic for you, then I totally understand, and I hope you tune in next week. Of course, I don't have to talk about it. I wondered if I should, but I think it's essential to address the issue. I think it's even more important not to sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away. Polygon, the gaming site, has a good wrap-up that highlights various Twitch streamers who have been accused of behaving inappropriately, leading to a blackout boycott on Twitch to try and force Amazon to step up and improve how it handles these incidents. Many of these allegations have been denied, and that's horrible. Someone is lying, and Twitch has to decide what to do about it. It's not as if Twitch is just a platform. Twitch, through its affiliate program, pays some of these people. For some people, Twitch is their financial livelihood. Believe the victim. That's important. That's the mind shift that we needed to get accepted by most people and most companies before we started to make real progress on Me Too. That's not to say innocent until proven guilty is unimportant. It just means that when allegations are made, that they should proceed in the sincere belief that something awful has happened and that it might be hiding and that it needs to be rooted out. Allegations against writers of games like Fallout, New Vegas and Planescape Torment have been made, two of my favourite games. The creative director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla has stepped down. Max Temkin, the co-creator of Cards Against Humanity, has left the company, but still profits when they do as he's a shareholder. And this was Cards Against Humanity's second attempt to deal with Temkin. They concede they did not do enough the first time round. Wizards of the Coast have cut ties with two artists. Cameron Stewart, a comic book artist who's worked on Batgirl and Motor Crush, has been accused of grooming by several women. The famous Warren Ellis has been accused by nearly 50 women who feel that he coerced them, at a young age, into a relationship. I'm just skimming the list at this point. And it goes on and on. In the tabletop gaming world, Onyx Path Publishing are pulling vampire books that have pictures of Shane de Vriest after the former White Wolf employee was named by several women as a sex offender. He was never an Onyx Path employee, not even a freelancer, but the company recognises why people don't want his face in their games, and they'll be republishing those books with replacement art. Onyx Path are changing their HR process, suspending staff, sending their operations manager to sensitivity training, as a result of a separate complaint of gaslighting. And so I find myself asking, are you still a geek? The community doesn't feel great right now. If there was a physical convention this weekend, I would be wondering whether I wanted to attend. If I was going with my Geek Native press badge on, I would certainly be reviewing my interview and demo schedule while I pondered what to do about any one-on-one private meetings. Are these still even appropriate? I think Onyx Path have done pretty well. I'm no expert, but their response feels earnest and helpful. I'm sure it will annoy many people, 
but that's my take on it. Equally, I've seen many annoyed people respond to Pazio and the agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path. Pazio must have been working on the set of books for months. In it, characters end up as, you know, fantasy Sherlock Holmes-style roles, investigating a sinister cult. Now, Piazzo's creative director, Eric Mooner, recognises that this puts characters into a police-themed role, and that might make people uncomfortable. That wasn't their intent. He's apologised. But this lockdown ravished economy, Pazio can't afford to burn the books. They'll be published anyway. Of course, the police system is not the same in all countries, and there are good eggs in even the most corrupt system. It's easy to see why friends and relatives of those good cops won't like Pazio echoing the anti-police sentiment. I'm going to try and answer the question, are you still a geek? And then get on to some good news. I am still a geek. Geeks have always been outcasts and misfits, but we've also been inclusive outcasts. Wait, isn't that an oxymoron? Well, let me explain. The name comes from circus freaks who'd bite the head off geese in their act. Yucky but true. So I'd argue that those geeks are outcasts from mainstream life, but part of a circus community. And they're also part of circus community justice and traditions. We are not those geeks. But we might also develop our own traditions and ways of keeping the family together. Our community has grown in size and influence. I think, too, we are growing in maturity. It's not just that we're getting older. The new generation of geeks joining us are far more internet savvy than any age who came before. They grew up with technology and they have a far more defined and refined ideas about ethics and responsibility. I think if we keep pushing, we'll get through this and it will be better for it. Women will be able to enjoy the hobby or work in the industry without fear of sleaze. The members of our community will be as diverse as the world around us. Isn't that worth fighting for? That's why it's worth believing victims and reacting to allegations sensibly and with rigour. Misunderstandings can be sorted out. False claims dealt with equal severity. We'll get there. Now, despite this grim start to the podcast, there is plenty of good news, so let's highlight some of that too. Sophia Alexander is a storyboard artist from projects like Infinity Train and The Powerpuff Girls. Now Sophia has a whole anime of her own starting at Crunchyroll. It's called Onyx Equinox, and it'll stream only in English. It's a story of a young Aztec boy who is marked by the gods to save humanity from the rising demon tide. The trailer is full of action and vibrant colour. I don't usually go for a dubbed anime just because it feels wrong, but I'll give this show a chance. Indie publisher The Game Machinery has published an adult RPG called Defiant. Defiant makes use of safety systems like the X card, veils and lines to ensure that players are happy and comfortable, even if it gets dark or sexy. Defiant is likely to do both. In the game, you play as a supernatural lord or lady a demon, a fallen angel, a dragon. Rather than destroy the world, you like the pleasures it offers so much that you're protecting it, or you're protecting your part of it, from the apocalypse and its agents. Another adult game worth a mention this week is Cult Divinity Lost. This horror game has a Kickstarter for two supplements coming to a close in the next few days. It's been successful, so if you want to get those books at Kickstarter costs, act now. Geek Native has a whole lot of art from the project to show off. It's not for kids. Nothing about cultists for kids. 
Games like Cult and Defiant are a reminder that role-playing games don't need to be family-friendly. They can be as adult as you want, with the appropriate expertise and maturity from the gaming group and publisher. If you agree and you fancy checking out Cult now, then there's a competition that the publisher is hosting to give away some of the core rules. You'll find a link in the show transcript. Cyberpunk is another game coming out soon with adult themes. Okay, it's been delayed, but it is coming. The actual player podcast, Feed the Beast, will use the fall Cyberpunk Red tabletop rules if you want an early chance to experience the game before it's published. Dark Horse has announced a comic book series called Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team, and it's written by Cullen Bunn. Not to be outdone, Netflix has announced Cyberpunk Edgerunners, an anime from Studio Trigger that will be out in 2022. Whoa, that's a long wait, but Studio Trigger know their stuff, and the story in the anime won't be related to the story in the computer game. Even Geek Native is in on the act. Right now, on the blog, you have a chance to win one of two Cyberpunk Battle Map books for your gaming table. You don't need to like and subscribe to enter anything. You don't need to spam friends. You just need to answer a poll. Yes, there are some geographic limitations. Canada, Ireland, UK and the United States shipping are the only ones we can support. But if you're planning some cyberpunk red skirmishes, then these mats will surely help. There's a King Killer Chronicles RPG coming. Patrick Rufus, the author of A Name in the Wind and A White Man's Fear, is now featuring on one-shot podcasts of actual play set in the world he created. And GM James D'Amato and him are working on a set of rules to power an RPG. The promise to do this was made back during Rufus's World Builder charity streams. And if you're a world builder yourself, then the recent upgrades to Asgard's Fantasy World Map Generator might please you. You can now track military units across the world so you can see which empire threatens who. You can also battle those regiments and track losses. The free site supports fantasy, modern and ancient units. Fans of world building will also like Graham Gibson's retrospective and prospective look at Destiny lore. This computer game is now independent and without its corporate overloads, but still with the need to pay its developers, the game is shifting back to a more story-focused route well, okay, maybe it's initial desire to have a story. And this is to encourage gamers to buy season passes. That means some of the hidden lore is surfacing. It means that some of the teased at mysteries are beginning to be explained. If you prefer isometric action to first-person shooters, then maybe you're already playing Desperados 3. This game of action and tactics is released on GOG and Steam this week to very high reviews. As it happens... There's a free-to-download tabletop RPG available for it too. Published by Pegasus Studio, the Desperados TT RPG uses a 3D6 system and makes good use of maps and tokens to try and recreate the computer game's tactical use of line of sight as part of its shootout strategies. I'm reminded of the backlash Wendy's had when they published a free RPG. Desperados has had no such backlash. The tabletop freebie has been well received. I guess gamers react differently to a games publisher using tabletop games as part of their marketing efforts than they do to a fast food company. Another cultural nuance for us to ponder over, perhaps. Can I stretch a connection? Can I go from an observation about fast food to eating and drinking in RPGs? I hope so, because I want to mention the fantasy tavern generator Geek Native published this week. It does not just come up with a typical fantasy tavern name, 
although its random engine can produce thousands of those, it also tries to describe the tavern a bit and introduce a character seed or two. The idea here is that if your players want to compare and contrast taverns, or research one before trusting their luck with it, you can quickly generate some candidates for them. Lastly, as the lockdown begins to ease in many countries, and if you're now considering a long gaming weekend with friends to catch up on missed sessions, then check out the latest genre police. Going the distance helps you plan such a weekend as a GM. So, to wrap up for this week, I hope you're still a geek and feel that you can step forward if you need to. Even more, I hope you never have to. Keep safe, keep well, and we'll speak next time.